in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The Lakers are back. They beat the Nets. <laughs> 106-96 last night. I don't care that there was no Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. LeBron at 33 had a whole bunch of fast break dunks. The Lakers are back. The Lakers are back like the Clippers are back, who overcame a 35-point deficit Yeah, so last what night. happened? I did not see anything I with the Clippers. don't know. I know that I checked <laughs> I checked all scores during the Golden Knights game, and at that point the Lakers looked like they were going to win. I'm like, oh, that's, I didn't know Durant was out. I did know... Uh, uh, Kyrie was out, so I didn't know Durant. I actually said, "Oh, they're gonna they're gonna win a game with Durant in there." That's that's surprising. So now I know why they won. The Clippers were down thirty at the half to Washington. They were down thirty-five at one point in the second half. They came back. I, I Luke Kennard hit the shot to win it, and uh, David Aldridge, who's covered a lot of um, Washington games, said it was the most embarrassing, worst game he'd ever seen in his life from that organization. I guess that's why I saw a tweet this morning that said the Washington Wizards finally did it. They broke me. Yeah. That would make yeah. sense. 35 points at one second point it half? was 35. It was, it was 30 in the, uh, it was 30 at halftime. Jesus. I know. How'd they get down by 30? I know. That's what, that's what I told my son. I'm like, <laughs> it's almost impossible in the NBA to, to trail by that much. It is. It's almost impossible to get down by that much given the runs and, you know, they're all kind of the same offensively and they can all make shots. And it's like 30 points. How do you get down by 30 points in that league? Did the Wizards make every three-pointer they in must the first have, half? Yeah. It's insane. 30 is a massive number. It's a, it's, Teams don't lose full well, games by 30. That's what I'm saying. It, it it was we said that too. It's like you know you don't see finals with 30 point margins. Yeah. Never mind at halftime. I looked at that score and I had to like refresh it, and it was down. They were down 30. I'm like, what? The? It was like 63, 33. It was like one of those scores. Like in all seriousness, I would if I was the Clippers and I'm down 30 at halftime. I'm like probably resting my starters yeah. in the second half. Like, yeah, we're not coming back. Yeah. yeah, it's like if they're like on a back to back or something or whatever, but. Uh, came back okay. All right, get down by thirty, then come back and win. That's the fun thing to a- do. Ad had uh, eight points. Did he fall down? I just uh, wonder if he fell down. Oh, man, I don't remember. <laughs> Is I, he the new Roy Hibbert? He was on my second screen, so I don't. I wasn't <laughs> watching enough to see if he fell down. He did dunk on the first possession of the game. Oh, okay. They, uh, LeBron threw him an alley oop on the first possession, and he was of the able game. to jump that high. He jumped up. It was it was an impressive dunk too. It wasn't All the right. best pass. Okay. Um, so it was an impressive dunk. He only scored six points after that, but it was an impressive dunk. And they're back. They can beat a team when they don't have two of their three best players. Kalong told me a couple days ago, I, you got to get rid of this echo. <laughs> can't talk. I'm drunk. Whatever. <laughs> oh, Max Scherzer. Aaron Rodgers said stretching his decision past free agency would be disrespectful to the organization. Wow. It was on the Pat McAfee show. When did he start caring Aaron about Rogers the organization? Caring about people? It's amazing. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I think he's feeling bad because they lost because of his vaccination status. That's right. So he I, went on the McAfee show. Boy, he's made made uh, Pat McAfee a lot of us. Oh, my God. I do think this is more about Devontae Adams than the Packers because Devontae Adams is a free agent. Aaron Rodgers deciding before free agency would give the Packers the ability to franchise tag Devontae Adams or the ability to re-sign Devontae Adams. And I think... I would, I don't know if you're the Packers, like, let's, let me ask you this. If you're the Packers and Aaron Rodgers just tells you, I'm going to retire, right? I'm, I'm done. 
would that make you more or less likely to try to franchise tag Devontae Adams? Probably less. I'd probably try to move him because if Aaron Rodgers Well, but he's a free agent. Back, you don't get to move him if oh. he just become a free agent. Well, I'd have to get something for him. Right. So, so I think tag. I'm franchise tagging I tag him no him matter and try to what. move him. Yeah, right. I, franchise tag and trade right. or just franchise tag and keep because listen, if you're going to go to Jordan Love, is there anything better than giving him Devontae Adams to throw to his first year? Like No. As opposed to Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and whoever else. But could you see them tagging him and moving him because then it is what Rodgers doesn't want to play in. He doesn't want to play in a rebuild. Right. If Rodgers were to retire or something. they're like, all right, we're going to rebuild. Right. Exactly. Then, yes, you could tag Devontae Adams and then trade him to a team that's going to extend him. And sure. The new GM. Yeah. New GM. Bring him on. Uh, Or the Broncos when they hire Nathaniel Hackett. and He scoops up a bunch (laughs) of old Packers or something. But, yeah, I'm fascinated to see because, again, the part of this I still don't understand is we everybody is talking about this like Aaron Rodgers controls where he plays football next. No. He he does. He's under contract. Right. Like he can control if he plays football. Sure. Or not. He can retire. Yeah. But the I like we're all talking about this and Aaron Rodgers too. Like he has full control over where he takes a snap next year and I'm like that's not no. accurate. Like if the Packers don't want to trade you, you don't just get to show up and Vegas or Denver or wherever you'd want to play. Which, by the way, we might need to get into this more. Why would he want to go to Denver or Vegas? Other than the Packers? Right. Like, I don't know. If, if he wants to win a Super Bowl, right. he, he stays exactly where he's at. Right. Like, if we're t- if he's like, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild, which is implying I want to have a chance to win a Super Bowl, are you really going to come to the AFC West and be with the Broncos yeah. or the Raiders? Like, you're really going to put yourself in a situation where... You might finish third in the division, yeah. even if you play well. Given the other quarterbacks in the league, right. given their teams are better. Meanwhile, uh, I got to beat Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, and Jared Goff. All yeah. right, I'll stay here. Yeah. Like, even if the Packers have to blow up part of their roster, which they will. They're like 40-something yeah, million over, over the, cap. the cap. They're still going to be the best yeah. team in the NFC North. Yeah. <laughs> like, sure, they might not be the best team in the NFC next year, but, like, they're probably the, like, three seed in the NFC next year after winning the North. If they come to the Raiders, they they could win the division if they got Aaron Rodgers, but you got to beat the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes just to win the division, and you got to beat Herbert and the Chargers just to finish second right. in the division. Like, I don't, that doesn't make much sense to me for him to be like, I'm going to go somewhere that gives me a better chance to win the Super Bowl than Green Bay. All those places already have quarterbacks. I don't care about him. Next question. All right. Here we go. Here Braves we go. question. Or Braves question is going to turn into a Dodgers question. Here we go. Freddie Freeman did not sign with the Braves before the lockout. There's a story in The Athletic basically looking at the Freeman-Brave situation and the suggestion that it might end up being better for both teams to go in a different direction. Uh, The Braves, the suggestion here was could trade for Matt Olson from the Oakland A's uh, and that Freeman could just sign with a new team because the Braves have yet to offer him the deal that he wants. And they've been... They've negotiated at different points. This isn't like the first time they've negotiated was after the season. They had negotiated before his contract was up. Do the Dodgers need Freddie Freeman? Want him. I'm speaking for myself. I don't care about the, what the organization wants. I want Freddie Freeman. Uh, yes, I want Freddie Freeman. So I think I think he'd be terrific. You think he'd be terrific? They gave him. They get. You know, they didn't give Seager the money, so there's money available. Uh, they still have to. Fi- they, I think they still have to sign Chris Taylor. I think Chris Taylor's. Uh, I you know Jansen. I don't think they're going to sign. I don't think they're resigning Kershaw. So 
there is going to be money available. I'd like to see him there. Now, that means Max Muncy plays second. Okay, so hold on. In this hypothetical, you sign Freeman to play first, Muncy plays second, Turner plays short. Trey Turner plays short. Trey Turner plays short. Chris Taylor's Justin. gone, right? Yes. I okay. think he, I think he'd be gone. Justin Turner Justin Turner plays third. Third. Uh 162 can't hit a curveball play center. Um <laughs> No, no, he couldn't hit 95 he, he, plus. Yeah, that's right. He, he was historically basketball. bad against fastballs basketball. over 95, like one of the worst <laughs> in the history of the game at fastballs 95 plus this year. Um but but okay, so Chris cuz part of the I don't know if Chris Taylor ever said it, but part of the reports were Chris Taylor wanted to play every day. Yes. And conceivably if the Dodgers don't make it a big signing, there's a spot second base or whatever that he could play every day with the Dodgers. But if you were to sign Freeman, move Muncie to second, there's no longer no, you're an everyday sharing position. time with AJ Pollock and Bellinger and, and the infielders. You're, you're going to be Chris Taylor, right. what you've always okay. been. So I assume Freeman means Taylor's gone. Yeah. I think he's, yeah. Okay. And you're taking that trade. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> just oh, just yeah. checking. Just nope. checking. I, I if I take that trade, oh, I, yeah. I throw the uh, remote less the less next year, the squeaky remote. I throw that. I threw that fewer times. Yeah, right. Freddie Freeman strikes out in his first at bat. Oh, that, yeah, right. that thing's going. In the I wall. can't believe we gave this guy this much money. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Oh. Um, Do I need to retire? I got gotcha. you. Yeah, you. it's pretty Sorry. good. Sound. Sorry. Antonio Brown. Oh, hold on a second. Uh, this is uh, just right in. I'll give Jim Jim a lot of credit. Oh, I missed this. Did you miss this? What did we miss? He said I Chris Taylor has re-signed. Oh, he's already that, re-signed with well, the Well, that had to be obviously pre... Uh... Oh, yeah. Okay, thank you, Jimmy. I did not know that. I should have known that. But you and I talked about... You love... You like Chris Taylor a lot. Oh, yeah. I I mean... I like the guys that can play 17 positions. Right. That's did you re-sign with him? The 29th of December. Ooh, that sounds illegal. When December, did... not November. No. Oh no, sorry. That's where the news article. Someone, someone reportedly has the incentives, and that's when they. Okay. Okay. I Thank was you, Jimmy say, Gemma. December I read tw- the internet wrong. I say December twenty okay, so, The Dodgers broke the rules. I mean, <laughs> stop it! <laughs> Don't say that. Okay, December first. Okay, so that was like the last or second. Did it say how much? Uh, four years, sixty million. Oh, the steal. That's actually Four pretty years, good. Four years, sixty million. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. technically, the Astros' contract with Justin Verlander went through like a week after the lockout started. Yeah, but it had, it had been they agreed had, had to. They, they had presented it, but they had they Major League in. Baseball didn't officially approve some part of it, and then eventually they did. So, it, in that mind, does you take Fred, do you take less on Freddie Freeman away from the Dodgers now that they have Chris Taylor, or no? I mean, if I'm the Dodgers, no, I'm still signing Freddie Freeman. I am too, but. That's kind of screwing over Chris Taylor at some point. If Chris oh. Taylor really wanted to, he got go. four years for sixty million. I don't feel bad for him. That's not that much money. Twenty-two. Uh, That's not that much. Come on, four years. Not that long. Corey well, Seager wait, just signed no, for ten. I, I just did math really badly. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I, did. Yeah. I was going to say, wait, twenty-two. Corey Seager <laughs> just signed for ten years. He's getting thirty plus. Chris Taylor's not even getting half of that. I feel it's good, bad. It's for a good him. contract. Thanks, Jimmy. I feel bad. Now, for I, him. now, my, now my entire opinion changes. Although option, I would still take Freddie Freeman. Option to make up to 73 based on incentives. Oh, incentives. Well, I hope it's not playing time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they put that in there knowing this guy's not going to play that much. So we'll just put incentives. I might, they might as well incentivize, incentivize him to $100 million. It's like, well, he's never going to play that much. So, yeah, sure, $100 million, whatever you want. Oh, Next question. Standing in your corner. Next question. Antonio Brown <laughs> says the quarterback he wants to play with is Lamar Jackson. Can I ask why? 
I don't know, but you're, you're going to tell me I'm crazy. I'd like, okay, let's give him a shot. Because <laughs> he's so damn good. I mean, I know it's crazy. It's like, well, he might take his shirt off for us too. But I think, I think people are going to keep signing him. I do. Oh, someone's signing him. He's too good. I, I mean, think that's that's a pretty high possibility. But why would he want to play know. with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? Like I mean, of, trying of, to figure his mind out or what he wants is completely impossible. I don't know why he'd want to play with him. But of all the offenses to sign with, that's yeah. not the one a wide receiver no. would like want to go to. I mean, I guess, I don't know, you walk in and you're... You're going to give up that many targets just on Lamar's running ability yeah. and the way he plays. I don't know. You walk in and it's what? Mark Andrews is the number one target and... You got to beat out Hollywood Brown to be the. That's a lot of Browns. Beat out Hollywood Brown to be the number two target. Yeah. I guess it's not. It's probably better than he was in Tampa if they had been fully healthy. So, but they don't throw it nearly as much as Tom Brady was. So I don't know. Doesn't make the most sense in the world. Coming up next, are the Raiders going to get Sean Payton? My plans are not to be coaching in 2022. That's just how I feel. I'd like to try TV, and I've had some opportunities. I talked to Drew a little bit about it last night. I don't, I don't know that part of it that well, but that'd be something that would interest me. And so I think the hardest part is sitting in your chair saying, wait a minute, you haven't talked with a network yet. You haven't talked with, like, not a word. Hopefully that opportunity comes. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is The Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. You know it's disappointing? That's going to work for him. Like literally just has to say in front of a microphone. I might want to work in TV. He'll get a job. Has he been hired already? Have either of you guys been asked to do TV? No. Like They don't want anything to do with us. (laughs) He's never done TV a day in his life. Hasn't (laughs) talked to anybody except Drew Brees about, hey, you were on TV some this year. And he's probably going to have a job like within the week. He's yes. going to be breaking down the draft yeah. on NFL it's, Network with yes. Mike Mayock. Well, what it's going to be Sean Payton and Mike Mayock. If, if it's between the two, you take Sean Payton. Probably. Yeah, yeah. it's his debut. Yeah. I mean, he found Taysom Hill. <laughs> True. <laughs> Which, by the way, did Sean Payton get one season of like, oh boy, I thought Taysom <laughs> Hill was good. I better get the hell out of here. <laughs> Let somebody else clean up this mess. So he has three years left on his deal. Let's say he goes away for a year and does TV and gets the itch. I'm like, no, Taysom's gone. They have a new guy that they drafted. He looks pretty good. I'm going to come back. Or does he come back and not come back to the Saints? So I think it's really interesting that he said, I don't intend to coach football in 2022. He did not say anything about like being retired. Yeah, I'm never going to coach again. Yeah, or like this is about, you know. Time to go spend the rest of my life with my family right, or enjoy right. my... Right. It wasn't anything like that. It was just, I don't want to coach in 2022. Basically, I'm burnt out. Right. I'm going to take a year off and recharge. Although his year off is apparently going to be working for NBC next to Drew Brees. But yeah, I think it sounds pretty highly likely that he's coaching a football team in 2023. It would seem very unlikely to me that it would be the Saints. Simply because if you're the Saints, you're going to hire a coach now and how many I mean you're not going to hire a guy to fire him in one year I mean the Texans just did it but you're not going to hire a guy to fire him in one year right well the Saints do have experience of not having a head coach for a year (laughs) I was just looking at this question on the rundown I thought I before I looked at I thought the exact same thing so you could go to Basachi and say look 
You're getting one more year. We don't care what Just you do. Leave the interim <laughs> tag on yeah, it. You're the interim t- coach for the next year because we think this Peyton guy, we've talked to him behind the scenes, and he's like, yeah, I'd love to live in Las Vegas. So Rich Passaccia this time goes like 11-6, and six, and this time he's a three seed. Actually gets to like the division round. He's like, look, we really like what you've done the last two years, but Sean Payton's in the side here. He's going to come in from the green room, and he's going to take over. Do you know how funny it would be if they just oh. left the interim tag on Rich Passaccia for a full season? Like, yeah, Rich, you're doing a good job. Be weird every time you wrote his name, because every time we write his name now, we have to say interim. Right. And we just do that for another year. Yeah, just. Interim head coach. Boy. Did did he get any sort of pay raise for being the interim head coach? Because I just he had would, to. I'm sure he did. Yeah, I'm sure he did. It would just sure be funny, though, if they have to cut him two checks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. I mean, I can, yeah. I can tell you yeah. this. Eric Harper, when he was the interim AD at UNLV, he got a pay raise. In just that six months that he, yeah. or however long it was, that he was the interim. So I'm sure. Then he got a pay raise when he got the full time job. Uh, he, I think he actually got the same amount as his. Inter- like when they gave him the interim, I think they, they gave were just him pay- the number. But I think they were the just interim? paying him what because oh. he got the same exact contract as Desiree Francois. Right. I think when they made him the interim, they just said we're going to pay you what we were paying her. And then okay. when they gave him the full time job, this is your salary. Oh, this is your salary. Salary. I think I'd have to go double check that, but I I, I don't really think Rich Versace was getting ten years, a hundred million dollars. But I, I just think it would be hilarious <laughs> that if they're like, all right, one more year of interim. And he's like, OK, but could HR at least just like fuse it into <laughs> one check? Because it's really annoying to have to wait for the second check to hit. <laughs> Who's going to win the NFC South next year? I think the Buccaneers are because I think Brady's playing his last okay. year in his contract. I agree that T- uh, Tampa Bay is going to have Tom Brady back. If you allow me the hypothetical that Brady's Tom Brady gone. retires. Who the hell is winning that division? The Falcons? I couldn't even tell you, and you guys will know this off the top of your heads, I couldn't even tell you who the Buccaneers' backup is. Uh, Blaine Gabbard. Okay, so the Falcons will be winning uh, the (laughs) NFC South next year. (laughs) I didn't need much time to get that through that. And I'm pretty sure uh, Rosen is is their Nathan Peterman. So, Josh uh, Rosen? Yeah. Wow. I thought he was a free agent now, but uh, oh, okay. unimportant. He might have been at one point. But I like that division, Sean Payton gone. I guess if they make a good hire, the Saint, but no, no, because the Saints are like $75 million. They're worse off than the Packers are with the salary. Oh, and the cap. salary cap. Yeah, they're worse off than the Packers. So they're going to have to blow up a okay, big chunk and of that what, By the way, what do you do that? Maybe Bisacci goes and he's the interim there because he's got experience. What? <laughs> I mean, what? Like, Rich, you've done this before. This you poor Rich Bisacci. We're just out here we've, like, we've made we're not giving you a full-time and, job. No. You're just everybody's interim. You're going to be everyone's interim. <laughs> but again, if he says I'm only coaching or I'm not coaching for 2022, don't you just put someone from the staff on it? I mean, you're gonna go if hire the Saints. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna go outside and hire a guy and say, "Look, this guy said only 2022. He's got three years left on his contract. He's gonna recharge the batteries, and we're gonna want him back." No, I think if you're the Saints, you're done with him now. I oh, think you do. I think if you're the Saints, you, you okay? You go right. make a hire as though this guy's gonna be your head coach for the next five years or longer, and you, Sean then you're still gonna get compensation for him when he right. comes back because yeah. you have him under contract for three years, right? So he's retired for this next year but yeah if he were to try to come back in 2023 you get compensation if the you Saints move conceivably would trade him right 
And so if it's most people have said the Cowboys are going to bring Mike McCarthy back and then just fire him. I said that and, and hire he Sean can Payton. screw up enough for one more year before Sean Payton finally <laughs> comes home. Come on. And so in that scenario, yeah, the, uh, the Cowboys would have to be like, yeah, here's a third round pick or whatever it would be. They'd probably have to give something to the Saints to get Sean Payton. I don't think it would be massive compensation because the guy would be coming out of retirement, right? You wouldn't be trading your current head coach if you were the Saints in that scenario. But yes, conceivably, if he were to come back and coach in 2023 and it wasn't with the Saints, you would have to give up something to get him. Is this guy like the nicest guy ever? Tom Palestro, in a, in a Ted Lasso nod, Sean Payton presented owner Gail Benson with a king cake, no biscuits in New Orleans, and says he brought hundred a hundred others for all the media and others in the room for his goodbye press conference. That guy's out there sucking handing up out, to the media. That guy's out there handing out cakes, sucking up to the media. Gee. Where are king cakes? Who's giving us <laughs> king cakes? I'm just recalling the first bite is now presented. <laughs> well, hey, cake. hey, the first bite, bite is very much for sale yes, to all of is. our listeners. Anyone um, out there who wants to pres- uh, sponsor the first bite? Didn't we have Cat Terrell on the show right after he, she, and Sean Payton got into like a like, oh yeah, shouty yes, match? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. He apologized to her, I think, like yeah. two days later yeah. or something. But do they sell king cake in Las Vegas? There's got to be. Uh, hmm. Is there any? Is there any casino that's Mardi Gras themed? The Orleans. That okay? That makes sense. I, I I can't remember. I ate king cake quite a bit in Mississippi. I mean, not like every day, but around Mardi Gras we had king cake. But you know, Mississippi borders Louisiana and those lunatics. So I don't I don't know that I've seen or had king cake since I've been in Mississippi. All right. Don't eat the baby. There's I'm a on little it. plastic like Jared, baby. In it. Oh, Ed's Ed's yeah. doing. I'm on it. Uh, just sure. says uh, this does give one, two, three bakeries that apparently sell it or or yeah make it and sell it three bakeries there. king cake yes oh yes there is one i don't i mean i guess i shouldn't say it out loud no 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 they need to pay us they need to pay us don't need, we're not do we don't do things for free around don't here. Well, eat the baby I mean, come on we do, a things for free. <laughs> we do a lot of things for free around here don't eat the little baby in the king cake have you ever had Oof. king cake no i've not oh, okay they i'm actually a, looking pictures of it they put a little right baby yes. in it um I don't know that there's anything that special about the cake. Like it, it's good, but it's not like, oh my god, this is amazing. But they stick a little baby in there, and if you get the slice with the baby, I can't remember what happens. I think it's good luck. I don't remember, but don't eat the baby. This looks like a very odd cake. It's a little strange. But you like a hundred of these. <laughs> but here's the thing that, like, looking back on it, like when I was in school, occasionally, like I don't know, there'd be king cakes at at school or at a party or something. Like they'd give middle schoolers cake, and somebody would just have a little baby in it. Like, it's a little plastic figurine of a baby. Like, you could very easily swallow that and die. <laughs> well, then it's not for good luck. Right. Well, yeah. Also, you have to conceivably cook the cake with the little baby in it. I don't know how they do it. I never made a king cake. Wouldn't, okay. No, my brain is just like, I'd you're putting no plastic in the oven. I'd have no okay. chance making this thing. But you could swallow the baby. <laughs> I wonder if the local bakeries <laughs> order these in because I'm looking at these things and it appears that uh, they're on order, like you can order them. So maybe the local bakeries don't make them, they just order them. But I did see a local baker who is who publicizes that they have these king cakes. All right. So let's get a king cake. Eat the baby. Coming up next, Jason Fitz joins the show. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler.
Joining us now from ESPN is Jason Fitz. Jason, are they going to make you host a panel about the tuck rule? So, uh, you know, uh, uh, the secret of magic uh, TV, I have hosted the panel already. uh, Reacting. I I, I watched this, and uh, the crazy thing is that I had to watch the uh, 30 for 30 on the tuck rule. Uh, I had to watch it right after the Raiders won their first playoff game, uh, or, or made it to playoffs, I should say for the first time in ages and had the opportunity to win their first playoff game. So I'm celebrating the uh, win over the Chargers, and all of a sudden that's when I get the advancer, and they say, okay, you got to watch this because you're hosting the panel. Uh, but really cool opportunity because the panel is me, and it'll be on after the special. It's me, Sal Palantonio, who was on the sideline for the play, uh, the director of the film, Ken Rogers, and then Lincoln Kennedy and Damian Woody, who were both playing in the game. And, y'all, like, I, 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 it was amazing because it got – heated like it is it's still a contentious topic for woody for for link for everybody involved in it and you know these are guys I, I don't know link well but everybody else involved in this panel i know really well and it was crazy to see a bunch of guys that really respect each other that all see this play very differently <laughs> i will say also having seen the 30 for 30 having watched the tuck rule everything they've ever done on it this is by far not only the most in-depth but I think also the fairest, and uh, it gives you angles and, and looks at it that most of us have never seen. So the work done on it is really spectacular. I, I, I know it's a tough watch for Raiders fans, but I actually thought it was a great watch. How in the world did you keep your journalistic integrity watching this thing? I would have thought you had been sweating profusely and screaming at people, or maybe you did scream at people. Uh, yeah, no, there is no there. There's no journalistic integrity for me. I, like, I think the reason they asked me to do it is because they know I'm passionate. Like, I remember where I was, and you know, it's funny because I was at an ex's house, and you know, uh, sitting in in her basement with her parents, who were not sports fans at all, who also don't approve of any, or you know, I don't know now, didn't Ben approve of any uh, bad language and things like that. So I watched it happen, and I couldn't say anything because you know I'm dating this girl, and I don't want her parents to hate me. And I just sat there and let it, like, soak in over me, and I'm trying not to say anything. And her mom looks at me and says, it's just a game. That's what I knew. Like, that relationship was over. Like, it never stood a chance. Why are it, you, it was a killer. Why are you watching your favorite team in a playoff game with people who don't like sports? Well, because I was dragged into, like, having to be – I was out of town. I was at their house. Like, it was dragged into this pre-planned thing. And, you know, but as I mentioned in the, in the panel, and I think the thing people need to remember – about all of that is that let's not forget John Gruden went for a wild fourth and one against the Jets in the last week of the season, the game we all thought that the Raiders would handle. They did handle the Jets the week later. But had they won that game against the Jets, they they wouldn't have been in New England. So, like, the number of things that went wrong for the Raiders that year for that to happen and the number of things that went right for the Patriots is just disgusting when you look back on it. Oh, beautiful. All right. Uh, how are you feeling about the Raiders coaching slash GM search? You getting fidgety over there with nothing actually happening? No, I think this is maybe the smartest I've seen. Uh, and this entire offseason for every NFL team has been very calculated. And I love every second of it. Because to me, if you're hire, hiring the person you want to run this franchise for the next 10 years, then you better be looking at everybody, having all the right conversations and taking your time. And if it means – you lose out on somebody, so be it. Like, I'd rather be calculated in my approach than rush because I'm afraid somebody else is going to ask the, the date to prom. Like, this, this isn't – that's not what this is. So I think Mark Davis and the Raiders and Marcel Reese, like, they all need to be very calculated in everything that they're doing. So 
talk to everybody. And as I've said a million times, in my mind, you find the GM and then you sit down yeah. with the GM and you let that GM pick your coach. God only knows if that's what's going to happen here. But the longer this process goes, the more I have to wonder if that's at least part of it. So a lot of questions for whoever is taking these jobs to answer about what they think of this roster and what they think of Derek Carr and how they see the, the future of the franchise being. Because, you know, this is a 10-7 and 7 team, but also won six games on a walk-off. Like, we're not that far removed from this being a four-win team. So this coaching hire is, I believe, the most substantial hire Mark Davis will ever make in his lifetime with the Raiders. Because if he blows this, and the Raiders are bad for the next five or six years, the ability to really get roots and, and momentum in Vegas dies with that. So I think this is the most pressure he's ever been under as an owner. Do you, and look, no question, we probably don't know everyone they've interviewed. We, 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 you know, we wait until Twitter updates us. Seems so far like a lot of defensive guys. Do you care about that, or would you say, why wouldn't we, you know, in terms of the Raiders, be offering more offensive interviews if they haven't already? Uh, to me, I don't care about the specialty of a coach as much as I care about a coach's ability to delegate. Like, what I don't want is a head coach that's such a defensive guru that he's going to focus all of his attention there, and then we're going to look at it and say, well, of course he hired a bad offensive. Like, Vic Fangio is one of the best defensive coordinators we've ever seen, and he wasn't a great head coach with the Broncos, right? Like, I, I think head coach is so much more about delegation, CEO, relationships, the ability to sort of read the room, understand game situations, like – for me, that's way more important than where their focus of expertise is. So I, I personally don't care as much, but I do understand when you look at this roster, you can look at this roster and say, depending on which side you want to take, you can either say, wow, there's a, a, a few really talented building blocks on offense, or you can say, wow, there are actually some young, talented players that you can build around on this defensive side of the ball. I, I think that's why it's the, the most exciting opening that's out there. There's so much opportunity to build on either side. So I, I don't really care where the expertise comes from. Uh, Jason, you sent out a tweet that I'm a little confused by uh, because you work in sports radio and you're on sports Twitter, uh, but you tweeted, here's what I don't get about social media in reference to sports. When we disagree, why does it have to be so damn angry? Um, you know why it has to be so damn angry. Cause it's fun. Is it though? Like, and so here's the thing. Like I look at so many people and you know, and, and I've dealt with this with Raider nation at times. Like, uh, you know, when I, when I last year was doing some uh, Raider nation radio fill-ins to, to try and help everybody out. And, you know, I mentioned bringing Orlovsky on and all of a sudden all of these callers are calling in and saying, he's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And guy didn't even make it as a quarterback in the NFL. And I'm like, Okay, well, did you? Like, I, I understand he ran out of the back of the end zone in the NFL game he played in. So, like, I, I still think it takes something to get there. And also, by the way, you don't have to be Joe Montana to be able to break down quarterback play. And I, I see this constantly where everybody has decided that the minute an analyst doesn't like their team enough, that suddenly they're an idiot. And I just don't, I don't get it. Like, Raider Nation was really bad about this this year coming into the season my, my Twitter feed was blowing up with all of these morons aren't giving us any respect. And then the team starts 3-0, and and it's like, well, where's the, where, why aren't we hiring the power rankings? You guys are idiots. And then the team loses some games, and everybody gets really quiet. And then all of a sudden they win some games. It's like, I told you guys from the get-go. Like, everybody comes in so hot and angry. And I'm like, y'all need a hug. This is sports. It is at its core. 
supposed to be fun. This isn't politics. Like, we're not saving the world. We're not figuring out how to avoid World War III. We're just talking about whether or not the Raiders are going to be better than the Chargers for the next five years. And everybody can disagree with it. It doesn't mean anybody's an idiot. It also doesn't mean people are ill-informed or unprepared or incapable of doing their jobs. They're not going to be better than the Chargers for the next five years. But that's why we have a job, Jason, because all these people (laughs) get so damn angry when you say the Chargers might be better than the Raiders. Oh, you know, uh, this is you're right. That is why we have a job. Uh, I just I I just want to someday host a show called first fair and reasonable conversation instead of take. and uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll all agree to disagree and it'll be a really smart discourse is there a is there anything comparable in the music industry where people just get so angry and disagreement about things uh i i no not not really you know it used to be like let's go a generation ago like this does sort of remind me like the East Coast, West Coast thing, you know, in the rap world, but like not in country music. The funny thing is, you know what really makes country music fans mad? Like this is your, your inside country music uh, world that you didn't ask for. But what makes country music fans so mad, like you, in most country tours, you spend the first two months of the year working on your, your tour, like the, for that year. So you're working on your show. You get your show exact. And when I'm saying exact, like when I was on, when we were opening for Brad Paisley on the water tour, we all had to come out for the last song. He always closed with alcohol. Every band had to come out on stage while they played alcohol. And as I've told the story before, because it was us, the band Perry at the time, and Scotty McCreary, who wasn't 21, our tour was dry, and Brad doesn't let his guys drink during the show. We were actually shooting uh, uh, lemonade. It was like uh, zero, uh, zero water lemonade, whatever. It's what we were shooting. It wasn't liquor. But the, my point is I could set my clock. It was like 10.32 p.m. or whatever. And I could walk off the bus, pause Family Guy, go up in my shorts, take the shot, and walk back off. Because country shows are rehearsed to be exact for 90% of touring acts. And so I find that at times frustrating because you're just repeating the same show over and over and over again. But what's alarming to me is that if you change the show up and suddenly the show, you put like song number four in it, song number 13, and you've mixed the whole thing up. Country super fans will complain because they're like, well, I thought you were going to that song next. And... I planned everything out to take pictures for this, and you guys changed this. And, like, you'll get hate from fans because you change your show, which is what you should want when you see a tour. That's all I'm saying. You ruined their day, Jason. You ruined it. Well, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take much. Like, you know, that, that's, uh, super fans are, are the reason that we have jobs, and, and I love every second of it. But there are also there's a, a section of them, a small section of them, that take it so far that you just look at it and you're like, like the the one of the times I was playing a show and somebody came up and was like, "This is my 80th show I've seen," and I'm like, "How? I couldn't afford to see us 80 times. How have you?" Like when we played in in Dublin for the first time, and I'm walking up to the theater in Dublin, and there's like 20 fans that I've seen at 10 shows this year, and they're like, "We just thought we'd come see you in Dublin." I'm like, "Of all the reasons, come to Dublin. Like, go see a cat. Go 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 have a Guinness. Don't see the band Perry. We've seen this before." He's Jason Fitz from ESPN. <laughs> As always, Jason, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. Have a great Thanks, week. Yes, there's Jason Fitz. Don't go to Dublin to see Jason Fitz, apparently, <laughs> is the moral of the story. Go to a castle or something instead. All right. Coming up next, Lights FC exists. Yeah, it was the uh, worst experience I've, I've had in my professional lifetime. What really got me, it's almost, I don't, I don't want to say people accept it. I just, I, I mean, it was, you lose a game and, and you just keep, I would seriously have self-talk. You know, I went through that whole depression thing too, where I mean, I stare at the ceilings and like, you know, and are we doing everything possible? Because I really believe we had a roster good enough to win games. And I just don't think we did a great job. 
yeah, just eats away at your soul. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Friday, UNLV plays Colorado State, 6 o'clock. Come watch it with me. I'll be out at PT's uh, on Tropicana in Maryland by UNLV. We'll be there uh, for UNLV Colorado State. Watch the game. We are going to have, uh, you can win beer for a year from Miller Lite. You can win a staycation at the Stratosphere. Uh, Jared is very excited to be there. And you can buy me a drink. You can buy Jared a drink. I, I don't do that, but Jared will accept if you want to. So Friday, Colorado State, UNLV, 6 o'clock, PT's on Tropicana and Maryland. Ed, I have exciting news. Well, not that exciting news, but it's funny how this news has been broken, kind of. The U.S. Open Cup, which is the big tournament of professional soccer teams in the United States, MLS teams play USL teams, and amateur teams are in this as well. They're going to have a record 103 teams competing. Wow. Which includes Lights FC. Um, Is that going to be over Betty Wilson? It might be. Darlington. Uh, But here's what's interesting. We have heard nothing this year from Lights FC. They haven't said anything about what this season is going to look like. They haven't hired a coach, haven't hired, haven't signed players. Nothing at all about this season. They've just taken my season ticket money. (laughs) (laughs) Not bitter at all. (laughs) So... In the U.S. Open Cup's official release about, hey, we're going to have 103 teams and here's the format and everything, it says in there, the Open Cup committee has determined that three pairs of teams are not permitted to be matched against each other throughout the tournament because there are teams that receive material technical support from another club. And this includes Las Vegas Lights and Los Angeles FC. So what that means is, this is the official announcement that Las Vegas Lights are going to be uh, in partnership have a team again, with LAFC again, with again in yeah. 2022. Haven't heard that from Lights, haven't heard that from LAFC, but apparently it's in place because the U.S. Open Cup has determined that Lights will not be allowed to play LAFC in the U.S. Open Cup because LAFC is providing material technical support to Lights FC. Is that a better way of saying players? Yes. I mean, is that... <laughs> A better way of saying, or, or not just a better saying, way? It's a very way vague way of saying <laughs> players. We're giving you players. It's a very vague way of saying this is LAFC's minor league team, right? The interesting thing, though, <laughs> is that like all the all the major league soccer teams that have direct minor league teams, so like Atlanta United two, New York Red Bulls two, right? All those teams are ineligible for the U.S. Open Cup. Because the U.S. Open Cup just views them as, yeah, they're minor league, they're feeder teams, they're not real professional teams. Technically, Lights FC is that, but they're going to compete in the U.S. Open Cup because they are not a direct LAFC, too. They only apparently receive material technical support. So they're one of the 100 teams. They're one of the 103 teams that will be in the U.S. Open Cup this year. I believe USL teams start in the second round of the U.S. Open Cup. And MLS teams, I believe, start now in the third round. You know how this Open works. Cup. What's this? Uh, single, double? How do you how do you eliminate? Oh, single this? elimination. Single elimination. Oh, you yeah, win, yeah. you play, you lose, you're out. Yep, that's what lights lights FC the because they they haven't had it the last two years because of the pandemic. The two times lights FC competed in it, they play like a amateur team basically to in start the first round, and they won, and then they play another amateur team and they lost. Oh, amateur might be, they might be semi pro, but basically guys that wouldn't make it in the USL have knocked them out 
of the U.S. Open Cup, the two years they've played. I have tried to get Tyler to get a team together for him to coach and bring into the U.S. Open Cup. Well, see, okay, if you're like an amateur team, you've got to win like so many rounds of qualifying just to, to be qualified in for the U.S. Open. I just all, anybody we wouldn't make it through qualifying. I just all I want is for you to beat Lashbrook and you just to like give him double fingers. He'd probably hire me if I beat him in the U.S. Open Cup. Winner gets a scarf. Oh, Ooh, that'd be great. Oh, if, if, if he had and to stand at the middle of the pitch and say, "Okay," and like kind of like a um, uh, what I'm thinking of Jared with the uh, the sword, the sword dub him a knight. Oh, he he knights him. Oh, knights him, knight but, you with instead, the scarf. but he just he just lays a scarf. Yeah, he over lays his a shoulder. scarf on his shoulders. That would be awesome. And then because of some weird um, lights FC by rule, you are now the coach and manager. Yes. Now I get to have to go sit in the stands and smoke a cigarette when I get a red card for <laughs> that would be awesome for poking the referee in the chest. Sit in your own season tickets, <laughs> smoking. This guy, this guy hasn't smoked in two years. What's wrong with this guy? Would my salary be more than my season tickets cost? Ooh, I don't know. How, I don't know how much you paid for season tickets. <laughs> Probably not a lot. Three hundred a seat for oh for the whole season. Yeah, oh, that's actually not bad. Oh, that's not bad. It's a good it's price. It's a little it's expensive. Cool. They're not very good. Lashbrook. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>